It's the Matrix, it's the bloody Matrix. We watched it and we had some thoughts. I heard you saw, forgot the name of the show. Oh God, ah, ah it's the show. It's a, it's a complicated problem to be burdened with having too much content. Um, because currently, at time of recording, uh, House of Gucci is up. I am going to be editing the Princess Switch 3 Romancing the Star tomorrow and putting that up before the end of the year because I feel it's a seasonal cast and it needs to go out. And here we are now recording The Matrix Revolutions. Resurrections. Re Fuck, damn it. I'm going to do that so much on this, Keanu, on this cast. Keanu Reeves did the same thing on Graham Norton. It's fine. Oh, man. But, like... There's too many films out, apparently. Or rather, I'm going to see too many films. I think that's the mistake. Welcome back to Heard You Saw. Um, I'm joined to this evening at the salubrious confines of the Broadgate Everyman with Sean. Hello. Returning to the podcast after like seven months? A year and a half. Wait, no, when was Showgirls? Was that this last year? Last summer. Was that last year? Oh, yeah. Jesus. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I just aged in real time. Um, Shay. Hello. Welcome back. Oh, thank yeah, you. sorry. Are you Welcome. you ready to podcast? Sure. <laughs> you got words to say that will come out your face. I got words to say. Maybe that might come out my face. Nice. And securing his position as number two most guestingest guest. <laughs> oh, good. You're behind my elder sister as the most guestingest guest. Younger oh, sister's just behind you. I wouldn't want to overtake either of your sisters. Well, you're like. trying. Uh, it's Jim, everybody. Hello. Cool. Love it. Okay, so uh, the Matrix Rev Resurrections. Mm -hmm. Got it right that time. Um, we begin, as ever, with a round of one-line hot takes. You all know the deal. Um, Sean, as the person who's been the longest removed from being on the show, your one-line hot take of being seeing The Matrix with the Keanu Reeves. That sentence fell apart. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, it makes me wonder whether uh, this is the first that Walgroves <laughs> are learning. Thank you, Nature. Yep, uh, no, this is fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it makes me wonder whether Warner Brothers are learning at the same time as us just how much the Rakowskis don't like them. Wait, yeah! <laughs> yeah I mean, we're going to get to that. We're going to yeah. get to that <laughs> bit where I audibly went, HA! Yeah. In, the, in, the, in the auditorium and no one else laughed because I was just like, okay. Shay, uh, your one-line hot take of The Matrix Resurrections, please. By Lana Wachowski. Um, choices aren't about if we make them. It's about understanding why. I do not understand why they made The Matrix 4. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And Jim? Um, I have no thoughts yet. Head empty, just vibes? They're, they're still cooking. <laughs> Head empty, just oh, vibes. I do have a milkshake. Yay! Thank you very much. So that'll be, that's the one. My online hot take is I have a milkshake. You know, because you've named Oscar. Oscar's now, now on the spreadsheet. Oh, yeah. Oscar's now, now a guest on the show. Um, I'll let him know next time I see him. So for my one line hot take, um, I saw the one thing I saw which was kind of like spoilery about people's reaction to this film. Is you know the Garth Marenghi meme? I knows writers. I know writers who use subtext and they're cowards. Someone had tweeted that saying Lana Wachowski right now, and I'm like, yeah, no, that's accurate. This movie is blunt in a, in a good way, but blunt. This is not a subtle. This is not the subtlety of the previous Matrix mm. film, perhaps. So I'm gonna say first, we're ahead of the spoiler klaxon. We are not gonna talk about spoilers at the moment. I also don't think I want to bother recounting the entire plot because. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of plot, but also not that much plot. <laughs> um, so, but should can we... we please avoid recounting the first like forty minutes of the film because 
It was really dumb. <laughs> I didn't mind. I quite liked it. Like, it, I, you may have heard me audibly. Okay, so we basically the, the premise of this film is that like turns out Neo wasn't dead or was he at the end of the last Matrix film um, or was it even a film was it real is it the Matrix is anything real well hey um, and there's a brand new cast of characters who need to get him out get him rescued and also get Trinity rescued if you've seen a trailer that's pretty much it okay cool that's the premise we'll talk about it properly now so the beginning of this film <laughs> now now here's the thing you may have heard me audibly sigh at a certain point in the film yes. when they were just, you know, literally doing the beginning of The Matrix 1 again. But then they had it that people were observing the beginning going, hold on a minute. I, 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 I've seen The Matrix 1. <laughs> it was real life. What's going on? Which kind of like flipped me around and be like, oh, okay. So it was, I wish that had been a little shorter, like a few fewer, like, like direct line for line thing with like you know uh, officer your men are already done so I I was fine with that because I, I always I was expecting that to happen mm. I didn't know like it was going to like precisely although someone's going to be observing and reacting to this but I'm like right you're you're doing this because you want us to like oh this is the remember this yeah uh, but very much like oh but you're going to subvert it I was waiting for that shoe to drop yeah so I was sort of more okay with that yeah I expected it because throughout all of like the matrix they constantly talk about resets of the mm. matrix mm. yeah previous iterations and i know this because i should point out that i've watched the past three matrix films in the last 12 hours you are you are the most juiced up on matrix juice out of all of us yeah. it, i i it's, feel you're not, you're, not a, you're not a true fan unless you've also played enter the matrix and <laughs> the path of neo I as did, well and watch the animatrix i, I, I oh, watched course, the yeah. first four shorts of the Animatrix, but I didn't have time to watch them all, okay? <laughs> I watched the ones that were... But would you say you're, you're permanently bust... You, you've, you've definitely busted out of your pod. Well, we're, would, still, we're still sheeple. I have we're, we're still out of Agent Smith. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, well, what I was going to say is that I was expecting the repetition, because I was like, oh, well, the Matrix resets. They talk about, like, Peace can only last so long. Yeah. Peace lasts a long a while, and now clearly they have to reset things. So I was expecting some kind of like reset. Yeah, yeah but also the fact, also the fact that they were like that they were all alive again, and also Morpheus was played by a younger actor. Like I was going in knowing like, okay, but this is cyclical in some way. Yeah. Because yeah. you saw them having a fight in the trailer in the kung fu room, and you're like, oh look, it's when Morpheus and Neo have a fight yeah, in the kung fu room. It's not as good as when it, Morpheus. Well, and... it's 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 kind of unfair to compare because of course it's not. Well, well, no, no, but I I kind of disagree. I was one of the things that really rubbed me up the wrong way about the opening sequence is it was the opening sequence of The Matrix 1, which we all like because it's a good film and it's a very fucking good opening, but shot less good and performed less well and less impactful and less interesting. And I kind of was thinking like, well, if this isn't a meta commentary on how like, you know, a small, you know, unproven indie darling can go on to have some of the most interesting and cool camera work and choreography for that time. I'm not going to get into the whole thing about my feelings about the choreography in The Matrix broadly, because that's a whole other topic. but. I, it kind of it, it felt like breaking the Casablanca rule a little like you know yeah. don't watch Casablanca in your movie because I'd be like well why am I not watching Casablanca you but know? also because I think well you know there's the whole simulacra simulacrum yeah the copy of a copy of a copy yeah that it degrades over time like, yeah like photocopying a photocopy of a photocopy it makes sense that it wouldn't be as good so mm. it's kind of like oh okay so she doesn't do the 
the slow motion 360 high kick. Yeah. She kind of does something not as good, but something that's still supposed to be cool. You know, for a film that directly references the concept of bullet time, not a lot of bullet yeah. time in this, which I thought was weird. I was like, are you just not doing it because you think it'll be like trite or like played out or something and people will be like, oh look, it's the thing. But a lot of this movie was, oh look, it's the thing. And so we established that there's another crew who've rescued not Morpheus, who is also an agent. Uh, no, it's also Agent Smith. Is Agent Smith is, and Morpheus together. Is a programmed version of Morpheus and Smith together. Yeah. For that Keanu is programmed. Why they put them together, I think, just to explain away the accelerated, like, everyone. Just as a quick through. note, um, it's really hard for us to talk about this movie without spoiling stuff because it's very, like, leading with big, different stuff. Yeah, we've mm. only talked about the first scene. Yeah, yeah but I'm just, are. like, if you. W I'm just going to do this now so we can just do the spoiler klaxon. Um, Sean, would you recommend people go see The Matrix 4? Revolute. Resurrections. No. That one. No. No! Interesting. Shay? I'm also kind of on a no. Interesting. I think I would recommend people watch Sensei. No, I, I think... I mean, I, always. We, I, as a Sensei-friendly yeah. podcast, we will always recommend I people watch Sensei. I think I would recommend that fans of The Matrix maybe watch it when it comes on. Well, I think it's on it's coming on HBO, HBO Max. When it's yeah. streaming, I don't think you need to make the effort to go see it in the cinema. Fair enough. And watch all... I think actually it would be detrimental to watch all three films before... <laughs> you, speak, you speak before. from experience. I speak from experience. I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more if I hadn't watched all three. Okay. But I also wouldn't have remembered a lot more plot and context. That's good. Jim, would you recommend this film? Not broadly. It really depends who. Mm. Like, I would recommend it to some people, but not others. Um, it's not a very I, universal film. Do you know, would recommend to people whose minds want to be free? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I... That's the thing, I... It's, I think a more, pre uh, a more pertinent question is, like, if the, I was channel hopping on a Sunday afternoon and I saw The Matrix Resurrections was on, would I watch it? Probably not. Wow! But, See, can I just say for context, on the, on, the, on the train ride here, we were talking about a bunch of stuff. And I mentioned that Jim does not like Pacific Rim because he's a terrible person. <laughs> but then I mentioned the sequel, which I was like, the cast that we did about it. And I was like, Pacific Rim 2 is bad because I was like, if it was on on the TV, I'd maybe consider watching it. But then I'd just be frustrated by it. So what you're saying to me here is that this is a sub-Pacific Rim 2 film. No, well, the... Actually, I think it's more. Co it's For context, Jim has not seen Pacific Rim Two. <laughs> I think it's more like, more like if I. I if also like to Rim Two. Thanks, Shay. Um, I think it's more that like, my decision whether or not to watch might depend on what bit is on. Right. Uh, and then I'm, but I wouldn't sit down and watch the whole thing. I don't think. But that doesn't. That, but not because I didn't enjoy it, but because I think I pretty so much you, got everything. I so you you like really. if it was like a cool action sequence, you'd watch that. But if it was like Neo's depression montage, you might not watch that. Yeah, but, it's, well, yeah, it's just, but it's more like, oh, this, oh, yeah, this, this is cool imagery, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, the scene's moved on now, okay, and so, so will I. See? I think I'd watch the third act again. See, this is, this is what I find really interesting, because I, before I, before I came to see it, I, uh, the, the verdict I, uh, I, I'd seen, a lot of people say that they liked the first act the best. Really? And then I was watching being like, when we got to the second act, I was like, oh, I like this better. Uh, and then you're, you're now saying that you like the third act best, and I'm like, no, I think I, I'm second act all the way. So I, what I, found, I think is quite interesting is that lots of people like 
different bits of the film. I definitely did not like the first act. Anyway, next. Just to what say, would you recommend? Would I, whether I'd recommend... Okay, so important caveats. Um, I liked the film. I had a good time. It didn't bore me. It was quite long, but I didn't feel too long. Um, as we know, Lana Wachowski, who is responsible for one of the single greatest television shows in all of humanity's history. And also making one of the best lesbian films before Portrait of a Lady on Fire. True, true. Like, and also shaping action cinema for the noughties. But my point is, Lana Wachowski has a basically infinite well of goodwill within my soul. Mm-hmm. However, I don't know if this was what I wanted, but then again, I didn't know what I wanted. I don't think it did anything particularly clever which worries me a bit with the Wachowskis because my mantra with them is I don't always like them but they are never boring and in a weird way this felt very safe like it was there was lots of bits that I really enjoyed and thought were cool and I understood why a lot of bits had been done but I don't know if they all hung together in a way that felt cohesive and satisfying. So I would recommend that people see it on the basis of like, I think it's interesting as a pop culture artifact in the terms of like how we are perpetually mining nostalgia and want to have things that, you know, oh, you know, you know, I'm jingling my key, the cinema of jingling keys, as I've referenced on the show before, I think, um, where it's like less about making an interesting story and more about pointing at things that you know and you like. Look at it, it's Spider-Man and another one! You know, that sort of thing. Um, I don't want to feel like I'm pointing at you, Sean, but I was just like, you are the Marvel fan on the cast at the moment. So I'm like, it it feels in that vein, but also some ways pushing against that, but not. It's an interesting piece. I don't know if it's a good piece. That's how I would recommend it to someone. Can I build up on your... Build away. Okay, so I'm just going to say, spoiler clacks and go. We can now talk about spoilers. If you're going to watch it, go watch it. Otherwise, carry on. I was going to talk about the first three films. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, no, do that too. Oh, this film didn't feel it felt felt safe, and I was like, yeah, it did feel safe. Like watching Matrix Two, there were some crazy bits. What there's one bit where Morpheus like comes out like like with his chest out to like all the Zion. Yeah, and goes, does a big speech. Hey, we're you know we're all gonna die, but we might. We're, I don't think we will, but also we should parley to make sure. And I was like, damn, this is gay. Do you know what I said this to is- Jim when the fucking like MSRB like age rating came up? Yeah. I was just like. No scenes of a sexual nature. Bad yeah, film. And that bad, bad party <laughs> scene was intercub with like Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. Fucking. Like, no, they were they were like gently like sensually fucking. But they were but, fucking. But they were fucking. They be fucking. They be. There was uh, this and was also, this was the least horny Wachowski thing I've seen in yeah, ages. That's true. That's true. Which Maybe I didn't I didn't care Lily. for. Lily was the horn. Lily was the horn. <laughs> no, Lana made sense. Eh? There's there's orgy scenes in that. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> and also there was a bit in Matrix Reloaded where. The the Menonjun, the French guy. The Merovingian. The Merovingian. Oh, God. Give like, someone an orgasm with cake? <laughs> yeah, gives them an orgasm cake, and it, like, it cuts into, like, Matrix coded. Into like, the vagina where there's right an explosion. Like, the yeah, there's, like, and a code like, explosion where the vag is. That would never appear in this film. Yeah. This in movie was chased, in a way. Yeah, very chased. It was about yearning, but, like, not in a horny, fun way. Yeah, but a lot of The Matrix does have... A, it's all about, like, love and, like, love being an irrational choice and having faith in that and having that kind of weird Christian love. There's a lot of Christian imagery. Well, there is, but it's also... It's mixed up. I, I think it's also very But gay. I also think the um the thing with, like, the... Uh, but I think the theme of that, that... That's what this film is mostly about, is about love. 
Wait, which, but I think that you look at Reloaded, like yeah. the thing that makes Neo make the... One of the things I really, really like about the Architect scene is that he's all like, you know, you've got the door where you can go through and save humanity and fucking like, you know, get your shit and I'll reset the Matrix and we can carry on and do this all over again in another lifetime, reincarnation or something. Or you can walk through the other door to go save Trinity because she's the one thing that I know that you care about that none of the other ones in previous iterations of the Matrix had. And I like that in every other question he's been asked, you've seen all of these different reactions of the way that Neo could have potentially reacted. But when he's like, it's either the world or it's Trinity, every version walks through the door. And I was like, that is fundamental to Neo's character that like, even to the point of like, you know, exclu exclusion and it's a bit problematic. It's like, he cares about Trinity more than he cares about the world, the Matrix or himself. So I don't mind that being like the crux yeah. of this. No, I, I'm like, I, I don't mind that sense. either. I don't mind that either. But I also think there's a lot going on in the Matrix trilogy, which is like parodied in the in the workshopping sequence where they're like, it's that about was, this. Let's it's about talk this. about that. But can I also <laughs> but I'll put up another point to talk about, which is mm -hmm. the architect yes. and the oracle yep. in the Matrix first three films. The architect is like, I don't, I only understand facts. I don't understand feelings. And that's why I made the world the way it is. Yeah. And Agent Smith talks about a moment where he's like, at first we made a really happy time, but then- But everyone hates it. The machines it. were like, well, we'll make you miserable because that's what you want really. Yeah. Well, they, they, it, was, then, it was the paradise was unbelievable and they needed to have the mundanity yeah. and boringness of the rules the, to make it believable. Spoilers, the architect in that character kind of says the same thing, but it's like, well, the architect in the previous one did that, but did that with facts and stuff. Anyway, so I was a bit confused about that. I like that this was, but it was more... I, I'm putting up a point of like, the architect should be talked... So the analyst, you mean? Talked about, oh, the analyst. Neil Patrick like, Harris, yes. who I want to say was having a great time. I was say so having a wonderful time, like... In, in many ways, I think, carried the movie in some bits. <laughs> I was just like, oh, he's fun. Um, so, the fucking workshop scene. Act one. Yeah, act one. <laughs> so the workshop scene... There was a lot of, I felt like, Lana Wachowski is talking to us, the audience, about how she feels about how being responsible for this massive pop culture thing that has been dissected and analysed and philosophised about eternally is really fucking hard and also a lot of I don't think they actually wanted to make the film <laughs> no I it, feel like they said that oh Warner Brothers wants to make it like literal quote from the film Warner Brothers wants to make a sequel and either you can help us do it or we're just gonna do it anyway fuck you well this I added the fuck you I think when it was first reported that it was gonna be made it was the Wachowskis had no involvement yeah and clearly they at least Lana expressed involvement. Mm. And yeah. Li but Lily walked away. Lily yeah. just walked away from filmmaking. She didn't want to come back. Yeah. Because mm. why, why would she want to visit uh, that I'm, story? I'm kinda, I and think, I respect that choice. Yeah, I, well, I, think I, I think I would prefer the Matrix Resurrection such that it is rather than any Matrix film that is has zero involvement from the Wachowskis. Because... because Maybe, <laughs> but then I guess like I it would either... I be completely I fresh or I could buy it off and this is like in a weird yeah. in-between where I'm like it's yeah, really like... not fresh and it's I can't quite buy it off but it also that's doesn't completely... want to be fresh no I know but this is the thing yeah. it's it's a movie that's preoccupied with both itself and its legacy but also trying to do just enough to get the but it, it 
this kind of felt a bit soulless. I think that's what I come yeah. back to. I don't think there was ever an emotional through line that I really cared about that much. Mm. And like, say what you like. Like, I always thought that, like, you know, Neo and Trinity's relationship was like, as if, but you know, it was like I could take it or leave it. Because in the first movie, it's kind of the emotional climax where it's like, you know, I would fall in love with a dead man, and you're dead. Kissy, kissy, well, yeah, bring you back. Well, literally resurrects. Yeah. Neo and makes him the one. Yeah. Kind of in this way. Kind of in this, yeah. We, again, they do Trinity, it, but less yeah. good. Because, <laughs> and like, and then in the second one, I like that they had Neo going to such absurd extremes and also having like that moment of emotional intimacy in the real world of them like being physically present with each other and stuff. And I'm like, it made it more, you know, I believe it. And then the third one is like Neo's on his weird fucking spirit quest while he's blind. And I kind of liked that Trinity had to sort of even though she couldn't understand the journey, she had to take part in it. Whereas this, because Trinity is segmented off in her own bit of the narrative a lot, mm. it's like she doesn't really effectively exist properly until the third act kicks off. And then it's like she develops really fast. <laughs> <laughs> and then the movie ends and you're like, I, I kind of feel like this should have been, I don't want to say this should have been longer because it was already long, but the pacing was weird. Yeah, mm. but I also don't mind it not being fresh, but I wish it was like not fresh in the Matrix way rather than it felt very much shot and made by people who made Sense8. I gotta say the cat did made by the people who shot the Matrix. <laughs> camera work in this was kind of dookie. There was lots of really kind of shit camera work that I didn't like. Like. Again, I don't, it's not fair to talk about the fight scenes because, oh, they had one woe ping and they apparently knew how to shoot fight scenes back in the day. But they really know how to shoot fight scenes in this. It just felt a bit limp. Yes. But this is the thing, I, don't, I did not like it. That's there the, were some fight scenes I liked, but just having watched the first three <laughs> Matrixes, yeah. I was very disappointed that they were to those standards. Sean, can I just say... But, the, but then also bear in mind just that um, Keanu Reeves... Is quite a bit older, but, but he had a but, fused he had a fused vertebrae when he did the Matrix One, and he's done John Wick, yeah. where he like yeah. trains for months and, and months his, to kill people. His scenes were better than most of the other people's mm. fight scenes. New Morpheus, New Morpheus, and trying his best. The whole gang of Sense Eight. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean there were so many Sense Eight people. Sean, I just wanted to unpack because <laughs> when we did like, would you recommend this? You were a hard no. Mm. But unlike these two loquacious bitches, you were the only person not to, like, unpack your no. Mm. What was the no for you? I think part of it, um... Uh, part of it is sort of, um... Because I feel like very much for this film and that, it relies quite heavy on nostalgia. Yeah. And I feel like, um, it doesn't balance its sort of nostalgia rights, you know, sort of like, you know... You know, obviously recently we've had Spider-Man come out, which is Big nostalgia. Very, very heavy on nostalgia. Have you seen it? Shay, have you seen it? I have watched the important clips on YouTube. Okay, none, neither of us three have seen it. Okay. I, I've heard it made everyone really happy. Yes. <laughs> That's what I've heard. The, yes, like, it made me very happy. Because so, everyone yeah. had this, like, you know, sort of idealized version of, like, they're going to get all of the boys back. You're going to have Andrew and Toby and Tom mm. being fun and riffing off each other and, you know... I heard someone say, oh, Andrew's definitely going to save Zendaya from falling off something because he didn't save Emma Stone. And then apparently that happens. And I'm like, okay, cool. Nice. I'm glad yeah. that they're playing to their nostalgic mm. crowd in that way. Mm. But did you feel underserved by this in a way? Yeah, because it's that thing with Spider-Man, it's that thing of, is 
heavily relied on nostalgia and that's like it is the main like like the whole film is fan service basically but it's the right kind of fan service you know because it's one of those things of like people wanted it sort of the stuff from spider-man you know you know they wanted what what we wanted and that's and we got it and we were all ecstatic and that's whereas i feel like with matrix 4 there wasn't really many people you know like especially people i know and that's that was really clamoring for a fourth matrix film true and it's just that thing of and i think because of that my bar was set very low and, and it still didn't yeah reach it, it. that's it just, that's, that. see, that's the thing i'm interested in because like yeah. when i heard there was going to be a matrix 4 i think jim i said to you when we heard i was like uh-oh <laughs> i was like i don't uh-oh because i was like just just leave it alone we don't need another because because yeah because that was the thing i definitely felt there wasn't a fourth matrix film wasn't needed because i think as they say in the film and it's you wrapped off the trilogy so well and it was all fine well the, the quote that um keanu reeves said on graham norton where yeah, they was like well i'm pretty i, I died though and then later wachowski was like but did, did you, you? <laughs> <laughs> it was like oh okay and so throughout the three matrices film the matrices, sorry, I keep saying matrixes. The I, matrices. Think, I think matrices is fine. <laughs> um, the whole, there's a big quote all, all throughout them, which is like, all, all beginnings must have endings. And it's like, okay, you had your ending. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, ach- you achieved peace for a time, etc., mm. and did all that kind of stuff. I think this very much felt like, whereas, whereas the first three Matrix films are you know, about various ideas of philosophy and what have you. Welcome um, to the desert of the real. That sort of thing. <laughs> this film very much felt like a film about the Matrix. That's mm. there. There. Ah. There it is. That's the salient fucking points. Mm. Jim, you fucking <laughs> dummy. You, you beautiful bastard. <laughs> Are you a video essay? Have you got a successful <laughs> YouTube channel, perhaps? I, I mean... I mean, I, this is just making up for all the times I try make a point and Nick is like, what? No, you fucking moron. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, the noise goes, ah! That's the noise. That's the noise. That's the noise that haunts my dreams. <laughs> but no, yeah, I think that's the point, is that this is a, in, in the same way that you have, like, what is the Simpsons in a post-Simpsons world, this is a Matrix in a post-Matrix world. Yeah. That's the thing. I don't think it's necessarily wrong or bad for uh, a fourth Matrix film to be about the Matrix. I sort of remember uh, a friend of the show, Callum, how he said that, he's talking about TV, he said, uh, if, if a TV show goes on long enough, it becomes about itself. That's true. And I yeah. think, well, of course, like, you can't, like, I, I, I don't, like, you can't make a fourth Matrix film now that isn't sort of going to be about the public's relationship to the Matrix in this present moment. And the other thing is, if you were to do that and not do that, mm-hmm. how could you ignore the fact that the Matrix looms so large, but also our understanding of, like, technology and our relationship to the internet and everything has changed so much mm. you kind of have to make it referential to the th- mm. to the technological setting and logic of the universe as it existed yeah. at that time because that's no longer the cutting edge as it once was in like 19 was it 1997 but then now we have but, but matrix resurrections is a film about the matrix to such an extent that you literally not only have clips of the original trilogy spliced into scenes a you lot, also more have, than you'd think you also yeah. you also have a scene where they're literally projecting the uh, not only projecting the film in the mise-en-scene of the scene no. but also it is the, but they're also the doing scene, the scene the scene yeah. they're projecting is a parallel of the scene that's happened which which on one hand i'm like that's brilliant and also that's fucking dumb <laughs> and i think that's probably like the level of nostalgia the same like in like, it's a thing again going back to like Spider-Man and that it's subtle and that's their little, rest, well, that's the their I, little I sort of feel jabs like to the past they don't care about 
about it's not it's not nostalgia in the same way of being like it's not like oh remember this thing yeah. it's more like we we're know talking you... about yeah. our own you stuff. know I, I would yeah, say we're talk- well that, that motivates the character of like these are your memories and this is the thing that's being made well the, the term I would use is antagonistic mm. this felt like because in the same way because I've seen like you know you know, you I, like you look at like fucking um, Force Awakens, mm. which was just like, look, we're just doing a new it's hope a new again, hope, yeah. <laughs> and here's all the old actors reprising their roles, etc. Don't you love to see them? It you know, in that way, the Star Wars franchise was very reverential of its nostalgia, mm. whereas this felt very, like I I think the key moment for me that kind of sums it up is when they're in that scene where they've got the original scene of Morpheus offering him the pills in the theatre where new Morpheus is offering Neo the pills again and he's literally going you must be ready blah 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 you must be able to make the choice blah 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 and he's like making fun of the fact that everybody knows the dialogue like but not in like a fun way and a kind of like we need to move past this like kind of trivialising it in a way which is a weird take it's that sort of thing of like oh we've been through this before let's just speed it up a bit a little but at the same time taking their time over doing so yeah it's a weird but then that 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 whole feeling of that scene is transplanted to the third act later on where it's uh, Trinity's choice That's yeah. that, that whole feeling instead they, they just assume Neo they're like yeah no no it's Neo it's Neo so you're gonna Yeah. we don't care we'll, we'll keep working we have literally done this yes. whole film before but, <laughs> then, but then I did feel after that scene of being like okay so now we've, we've spent this whole time of like creating this new status quo that Neo is existing in that he now has to wake up from and I was like I really hope that, like, like, because it felt a little bit as they were getting him out. There's that whole fight scene going on. I was like, are they just gonna? Is he just? Is he just Neo now, or are we gonna like not unpack how he feels about this awakening? And then I was very, very glad that there was a scene where uh, Bugs is her name, yeah. like, sits down with him and talks about like, so how are you yeah. doing now that you've had this experience? And they sort of and Neo unpacks this thing like, I, I'm not. I feel like I'm not this person who you're expecting me to be. I'm like, feel like I'm like, okay, good. I'm glad we actually, but have this scene of him like talking about, oh, we have. He is having a character arc. He is affected by these things that happen. This is not just us rushing to get to Neo where he is. But until that scene happened, I did feel very much like that was, like I was like yearning for that moment, being like, like because it seems like we, we've. You were like you wanted stuff. to get to Neo, but see how Neo is different now. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's more just I wanted to know like well. How does Neo feel? Like, are yeah. we just... Is this just a way of getting Neo back in, in the story and getting him to the place where he was? Or is this a story about how the things we've seen actually affects Neo the character? And I'm glad we had that scene where they actually unpacked how it affects Neo the character because I felt like, until it happened, I felt its absence. Do you want to say something? No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Point? No, 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 no I've, I've, got, I've, got, I've got a completely different thing uh, about, like, the thing I would do if I'd written this movie, which is such a <laughs> shitty thing to do on <laughs> Here's, here's what I was going to... I was going to use this to segue, of, mm. like, talking about it being a nostalgic movie. I feel like they even started doing that towards the end of uh, Revolution, so... Because there's a really? bit... Really? Well, not quite, not, like, to such an extent, but, like, Agent Smith kind of almost, like, pretty much defeats Neo. Yeah. And then goes, and then the Oracle told me this would happen. I would stand here like he's going to a mark and say this line and then says the line and then is like, oh god, what? I didn't mean to, what? No, I didn't want to say that. What? Yeah. How did you do that? What? Yeah. And I think the whole point of like, there's like actors and of course the hero will win the story, but Neo, the important thing is that Neo feels love and Agent Smith doesn't. Agent Smith yeah. feels dis- 
disgust towards the human species. He's an empty self-replicating thing. He's an empty self and he despises the sense, the scent of yeah. It's the smell. But, what I was going to say, because there's um, almost like a bird wall-breaking moment, or get back to what we were almost about to discuss, the, the workshopping scene in first act. <laughs> act, we, we, act one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's that moment where they're like, the shithead of the company goes, oh, Warner Brothers has contracted us to make The Matrix 4. This video game you've been making, Thomas Anderson, you made The Matrix into a video game, and now Warner Brothers, I really didn't like it. <laughs> I, I did, you, well, you heard me laugh. <laughs> I thought either for you were laughing because you were laughing how stupid it was. I like I, I I liked it because I was just like amazed that Warner Brothers let that be in the movie because I felt like I was like no this is just Lana Wachowski being like I didn't want to do this, <laughs> like it felt very just textually saying I didn't want to be here but here we so are. I definitely felt that a uh, number of points throughout the film just things characters were saying and it's just like is this actually just Lana saying she didn't want to make the film? I feel I like she didn't! I don't think she did and I think she yeah. joined it because it was going to be made. Yeah. yeah. But I think also that clearly didn't have I mean, the, the cast budget of... backing. Well also the cast of Sensei wouldn't have been in this film had they not, you know, Lana would you on and of course I'll bring my babies! And they all go, yay, another film <laughs> project! My troupe, yeah! yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so many Sensei people. Like, yeah, just I, like, I think a big part of this is that they didn't give a lot of money. Which is wild to me. I feel like that that is what affected the style of like this. I felt like the okay, so when Neil Patrick Harris is doing his time slow thing, yeah, man, that effect was fucking oh, janky. That, is fun. that was weird and that is janky. Literally like a game failing to render. I was I was kind of like because like, I was kind oh. of going, is that intentional? Is it meant to look a bit shit, or then does it, it just look then a bit then shit? The whole thing because you didn't get close-ups of Neil Patrick Harris, and it, it's the the bit where the frame rate time. just goes. Yeah, yeah, it's like the bullet time is working fine and that, and then when you go to a wide. It was it so just, so the, the bit that made me go, no, this is not intentional, yeah. was the bit where Smith punched him out of the slow time and he yeah. like flipped across the room while everyone else was going, ugh. Mm. It looked so bad. I was like, oh, guys, why did you not have more money or time? Like, we, we, we. I don't know, apparently the budget for this was 200 million. Really? I don't think that's expensive I, though, no. these days. So I think that's pretty cheap. This didn't days. look like a 200 million dollar movie. I would have thought like like 150 or below. I I don't know. I I wouldn't I think 200 million is pretty cheap these days. A lot of it went on that one shot where they were riding the motorbike and Neo like fucking smashed a car and then they drove the I thing saw, over. I used to, like, that shot was that fucking nice. Yeah, the moment that, that shot happened, you slapped your knees so hard. I was like, oh, Nick's having a good like, time. Like that, that shot was fucking nice. It was really good. I was like, it was, it, was, it was so nice. It was to the point where I was like, well, this looks better than every other VFX <laughs> shot that's happened. Like, and just, there were lots of, you know, I think I don't think it was a problem with the you know literally like twelve VFX houses not being up to snuff on it, right? I think it was the way it was filmed. Mm, yeah. A lot of it was that, really tightly shot yeah. and very close in for lots of weird. Like the, but, the yeah, fighting on the train. That's what I'm talking about. I think it, the cheapness made that style be chosen to kind of hide some of the cheapness of. Well, the the, even well, even outside of the VFX shots, I was I found myself like looking at a lot of the shots and thinking like. 
thinking they were different frame rates. Like it was like this looks wait is this, this looks something like this looks more like 60 fps, and then you go to another show. Oh no, this looks more like 30. And of course, like you can't necessarily always tell just by looking at it. But it did. But it when did your brain like, starts to go, hang on, hang you go, on, mm-hmm. hang on. This look this looks a lot crisper than this one. This and and it, and it felt yeah, I felt there were many times where I was like. Hold it, hold it. This looks like they're shot. These shots are together, and they look like they're shot by different cameras. Are they okay? Here's here's my two questions. Was that difference noticeable? Did you think it was like between the Matrix world and the real world? No, no, or no, no. no. In between shots so within it, the same scene. It wasn't scene. Interstellar, Christopher Nolan, IMAX. It was Christopher Nolan, Dark Knight Rises, <laughs> IMAX. Well, you mean where... the, you mean the best Christopher Nolan film? <laughs> Actually, I'm, I, I genuinely I like Inception. I, I went into like an IMAX. And there's a bit where Batman and uh, Butler Man. Alfred I was going to go boom. They're they're talking in over shoulder shot, and one of the shots is shot with a oh, regular no. camera, and one with like an oh, iMac. Yeah, no, and it cuts that. in between them, and it's awful. Because uh, I think I have to Blu-ray, because of course I do. <laughs> of of uh, Dark Knight Rises. It's the best. It's, it's the best Batman film that Nolan has ever made. It's I think it's really obvious the scenes that are in IMAX and. Not because it just constantly changes aspect ratio. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's, when that's, you first notice well, no, it, it's so distracting. Well, aspect ratio, I don't think is too like because I've seen a lot of Nolan films where where the aspect ratio changes, yeah. and and I think that's but e- sometimes easy not to notice. Galaxy Quest, like where's well, where's that? And like yeah. Grand, uh, Grand, Grand Budapest Hotel has a lot of aspect ratio changing. Mm. Uh, rarely Gal- within the same Quest? scene. <laughs> uh, I think what's uh, what's more noticeable <laughs> it if it's if it's different frame rates. It's storytelling with aspect ratio. You can yeah. I don't, I don't think aspect ratio, changing aspect ratio, is as egregious as changing frame rate or or lens yeah. or camera or that sort but of like. Like I remember in was it which X Men film? One of the Wolverine. I think Wolverine. The Wolverine. The, uh, Wolverine or Wolverine Origins. Origins. I think one of them where there's like. The one which has Gambit in it. There's, there is Wolverine Origins. There is, oh, there is, there is, I forgot he was in that for a second. I thought oh. Channing Tatum was going to be Gambit. <laughs> I mean, that's good. Uh, actually, to be fair, we would have had to endure Channing Tatum doing a Creole accent, which would have just been like, <laughs> fucking no. hell. But I, I, mention, I mention it only because there is like that. That is, it is very noticeable in that scene where, like, literally in, in that film where it's like, oh, you clearly ran out of money for, for this film camera, and now you have a digital camera, and we and couldn't afford the Alexa anymore. Well, Time to I use asked, the red. Well, that's why I asked the first question because I was mm. wondering. I didn't notice it, but was it was it an intentional style choice to differentiate the two worlds? No, it wasn't. I, if it stuck out for me, the, especially because I couldn't. And this is, the, I, I may be completely, I may be completely wrong. Maybe they did use the camera, same camera all yeah. the time. It's just, it's just how it felt but to me. But this kind of builds on the point <clears throat> that I'm thinking of that Lana is so used to. I, I'm on first name basis with her. Of course, <laughs> um, Lana is so used to making Sensei. Which is a very fluid production, and had I think probably had multiple cameras going at once, and maybe it was and also of like, all of the oh, money. Let's make this and make this, and but, had so much but money. Come on, a comical amount of belittling to suggest that that Lana Wachowski has not got enough experience working like with with film cameras. No, I, no, no. But but then I but then I I'm assuming this was shot digitally, but I'm not sure. I have to think but, so. It was that, some of it was shot on red, which is digital, right? Yes. Yeah. What yeah. I'm saying is that I think that she's, I think a bunch of different factors have uh, factored in. <laughs> <laughs> Award-winning wordplay. Do Good. Not, yes. Um, have have a uh, Lana uh, develop her style for this film. 
or recall her previous style or and build upon it. It did feel like it I didn't feel. have the same kind of visual identity that we would expect. Yeah. Like that's a but, thing. It, and, and to begin with, I, I sort of admired that. That it's just like, oh, you're not trying to make this look like the old Matrix, oh, no, yeah. you're trying to make it look like a new one. I would have admired then, that if it hmm. didn't look a lot like yeah. Sense 8. <laughs> <laughs> but I would and say it, it didn't. Looked, it didn't, I though. It, I felt it had. Some looks but but again, the, the thing the thing with like the Sense Eight thing is that I the camera work in Sense Eight felt a lot more purposeful. It's really tight. Yeah. But also very fluid. Like if they thought of a shot, they would do. No, exactly. Shot but but stuff. there was always because Sense Eight, and again, this is not just going to be me and Shay jizz about how good <laughs> Sense Eight is. <laughs> it's good. really good. It's one of the best TV shows. Sorry, it, it is. Has problems, but it is very, very Fifteen minutes of it is really shit, but the remaining twenty-four <laughs> hours is great. Like, <laughs> but but what? But yeah, it's purposeful. If the identity of that style fits in with the ideas of the show. Because the idea of the show, the idea of the show is like very open, non-linear storytelling, very emotionally Cross driven, very feet. Yeah, it's it's not meant to be a sin. It's not a singular narrative-based story. This is. Yeah, this, but yeah, exactly. This style didn't feel like it had an attachment to the story. I feel like she tried to use that style, but also try and get away from that style, and ended up again, like you said earlier, in a kind of weird in-between space. This movie feels like it doesn't quite know what it wants to be. She was waiting on the train platform for the train conductor to come bring Trinity to her. Yes. And bring her back. Yes. That's a solid reference to the Matrix Three. Warner Brothers. Who are, are the like, train in this? Who's the French man and <laughs> the Merovingian? The Roadshow is Monica <laughs> Bellucci. And Can then, we talk about the Merovingian being in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> so okay, okay, okay. So one, bringing back the Merovingian, I'm like, fine. He was fun in the last trilogy. That's okay. Two, him being like old and fucked up. That's okay. That's that's you know, in principle, kind of entertaining. What? Why? Why were they all dressed like they'd fallen out of a very groungy reenactment of the movie Fame? <laughs> See, I, thought, I thought you were going to say, why did they fall out? Why did they look like rejects from the Lost Boys? <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, I was like, why do they look like this? Like, you did this to us, Neo. I'm like, how? Like, I, I, I know this movie explains a lot of stuff that it really didn't need to explain oh, a lot of oh, stuff. Oh, oh, yes. But, but why why can't you explain why the Merovingian and all of the well, werewolves are old and shitty now my, my and live like homeless people? When when the piece was made by the Deus Ex Machina in Reser- in Revelations Reservoir Dogs, <laughs> um, that they purged a bunch of like old kind of antagonistic software and programs that would be antagonistic. But these survive. Yeah, they're still uh, there. Yeah, they're yeah, just all. They're just poor now. A lot of, a lot Did of they them, strip their assets? A lot of, but they, they, they're exiles. So a lot of the time, programs would hide away from purges. He literally so just they, walks out of the scene, like spitting on them uh, and yelling in French. Agent, like, Agent Smith just found them on a hard drive somewhere <laughs> that had, been, had fallen down the back of the sofa. Agent like, Smith just rolls up with a disc. truck, like you know. It's like one of those things. Have you ever seen on what's it? The film A Better Life. 
Where it's, it's about a, uh, um, a Mexican migrant worker trying to make a better life for him and his son by working as a landscape gardener. And they have the thing where every day they go to the meeting point and a big guy in a big truck pulls up and says, I need five guys to work on this garden. And then they all scramble to get in. I feel like Agent Smith just drove up to the Lost Programs point and said, I need some previous characters from the Matrix films. And they all just scrambled in. Okay, yeah, so, so this is exactly... Fucking stupid. It was like the dumbest thing. I was like, fuck off. Talking about the French man, I did enjoy him. But also, it was annoying that, oh, here was like one of the most exciting fight sequences and they kept cutting to him, just like hey, saying You ruined stuff. my life! You took away my wife! I'm gonna spit on you! <laughs> and I was like, this is funny, but also please show me the fight scene. Yeah. Um, but I Agent just... Smith, I think Agent Smith is a point to talk about. I liked Smith. Yeah. I didn't think I would, but I did. I was in two minds about him, because I liked the... I, I liked... I like wait, 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 why you think? Sean, you had a point ready. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I was just going to say, like, how do we all feel about Agent Smith's, like, good guy turn, in a way. I didn't mind that. I, I didn't, didn't mind, mind that. The thing about... Well, it's not a good guy turn, because then at the end... It's, it's out for himself. Yeah. Which is what... Which is fine. Smith is meant to survive. Yeah. That's yeah. his whole deal. But mm. my thing with him is... I didn't... I didn't dislike the guy who played him, but I also sort of mm. felt like... You don't feel like Hugo Weaving to me at yeah. all, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. He yeah. felt like third movie Hugo Weaving to me. <laughs> he didn't feel like first movie, which is the one everyone remembers. I guess mm. He felt more like the, I've become unplugged, you, you, Mr. You Anderson. You know what's well, weird I, about I just third think, movie? Just, like, just his performance as well. I just sort of felt like, like at the beginning, sure, when he's like, when we don't know he's Agent Smith yet, but I sort of felt like as it goes on, it's, I felt like, well, you're an actor, you shouldn't you be like trying to like mimic the cadence of Hugo Weaving's performance in some way? And I didn't feel he did. He did a, li- a, yeah, a I was little. Yeah, in, in third Matrix, Hugo, <laughs> Hugo Weaving, or Agent Smith, he enters into like the human guy. Yeah. Called Bash, maybe? No, not Bash. He enters I into am- someone, and that guy is mimicking Hugo Weaving so well, oh, and true. not looking like yeah. him. And like, maybe that could have been done here. But my question was, why was Smith? Did Neil Patrick Harris put Smith in because he needed it for the power? Because I don't remember saying Smith's. Like, was that part of it? That like Neo. Oh, like power? why was he there? Why was he yeah. there? I think I it's the, wasn't it Neo put him in? No, no, I oh, think yeah. no, no. I think the whole point was is that like. Neo and Smith are interconnected on yeah. like a fundamental yeah. data level. So yeah. if you have Neo in the system, Smith will turn oh, up. Oh, because of the balancing, yeah. that's what the architect talks about in the second. Yeah, okay. and so the analyst was like, okay, you get and to be Neo's shit boss, and I'm going to put serious controls. He talks about like, I don't want to have his leash on me. So he was like controlling Smith to make him do stuff because he's right. like, you're in the same way that like you can't have a matrix without the one because it is the anomaly that always crops yeah. up from the equation. Mm. Clicky pen. Um, <laughs> he, you will always get Smith if you have Neo. So he was like, okay, I'll just put him here and right, okay, fucking yeah. control the shit out of him. I didn't mind it. I thought he was all right. I, I of all the problems I have with this film, I, he was not one of them. I was like, yeah. you're fine. Go to town. You and Neil Patrick Harris were fun. Sorry, Sean. Go ahead. Actually, uh, what I was going to say is, what did people think of the character of Bugs? No, because I was... What in- character? Yeah, that's sort of my... I like, I didn't, she was there. I didn't dislike her, but it, like, she was there a lot without really needing to... Well, mm, uh, yeah. She didn't come off as instantly. She wasn't bad, but she didn't come off. She's the first character we've seen. It wasn't the first like, new character. She didn't yeah. seem interesting or charming. Uh, yeah. Astro, where I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. You're a person. She was like, I'm trying to be Morpheus, but we already have yeah. a Morpheus in the film. Yeah. She didn't yeah. have any personal 
connection mm. and they didn't explain why she so a lot of the Zion people had moved on and gone where we don't mm. care everyone seems kind of happy peace has been has come kind of and then Bugs, it was never really explained Bugs what the Bugs's peace whole was thing is like we yeah. need to free more minds so I guess that's why they help Neo and uh, Trinity Trinity yep because otherwise they just reset the matrix again they need to get them both out etc so that's why their motivation was there but it didn't there was no like personal motivation yeah. I didn't see like it the... sort of felt like like she was she was almost a protagonist but of course she wasn't because Neo, Neo. was a protagonist <laughs> but it was sort of but, the one but that means yeah. that means all of her motiv- like motivations like oh she just wanted to help Neo because she liked him but like, like Neo finding Trinity has nothing to do with Bugs' motivation of freeing minds so, yeah. so it's sort of like she she is a protagonist from a different story <laughs> yeah but there's a bit where uh, uh, what's her name N- Nabel N- Niobe? Niobe Niobe goes my captain has agency herself Neo <laughs> like does she she seems like she's blank <laughs> But also, like, the bit where she, there, she's all like, oh, I'm going to need some of you to volunteer for this mission. They all volunteer. And she's like, that doesn't make any sense. They go, we trust you, Naomi, because we're not very well written. Yeah. I felt like the, the whole, like, because in Matrix Reloaded, it's yeah. like Morpheus and, by association, Neo is a fucking messianic religious figure. Yes. Let's have a big party orgy in his name. It's a cool time. This is how we practice religion. by like, fucking, you know. That was all like, you know, fervor, and I understood that as like, this is the motivation that keeps these people who live in the dark near the center of the earth, who are constantly expecting themselves to die. This is what religion becomes. It becomes highly fatalistic, polyamorous, like messianic stuff. Yeah. We didn't have any of that in this movie. They were, they were like, oh, no one really believes in the one, kind of, but they were like, well, also... He, not even the one himself. But then also the cop from Sensei was like, I love Neo, and I'm one of a Neoologist, which I was like, fuck off. I did just say, stop, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Lana, th- that line is beneath you. And they're like, there are people, there are all these people that really care about Neo, and I'm like, why? You've said, you've said that the religion was dead. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't feel like they properly thought out the real world I, this time. I think... I've forgotten what I think. Um, <laughs> what is memory? What is but memory? time but moving yeah, I through guess your brain. They needed. I'm gonna ramble and see if it comes. Back to me. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. I feel like that's what this movie is. I feel like you know. The... <laughs> I don't want to say I did kind of like it. I feel like I'm being very negative, but I, I did kind of like, like it. I like how the Zion worlds and the new technology that were brought in had evolved throughout and I was like okay. I don't care I, 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 I don't care by four I didn't care like, Shay I didn't care they were just like oh look we've got strawberries I was like fuck off well, one thing I finally said like and Nick's like fuck off well no no not, not <laughs> like it just, it just I, I did at least like that they sort of like I, the, here is a world where where machines and people are coexisting and are able to create things that they can only do together. I sort of like that as a message. It's but like we saw that one short from the Animatrix where they convert <laughs> a machine and thought, hang on. But why I was bringing it up was also because, and I finally remembered it, Cool. is that a whole part of the, like, in the Matrix film, they're like, and in a very queer way, it's like, we persist and live forever, no matter yeah. what. Yeah. And that's a big thing. And so the idea that, like, they've kind of broken away and they're not really part of the community of like these trapped souls anymore they're just like oh we're just happily getting on they've almost assimilated to their own thing as well yeah but even yeah, then they had the audacity to say like you know that oh zion had built a matrix of themselves by it's believing like, in so, hope so what? have you well no their <laughs> thing was more 
it, they, it was big war. The design was about war. Yeah, because they were going to be murdered. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to which I was like, Naomi, I understand what you mean, but also, what the fuck are you but talking then, but about? Then also, mate? wasn't Zion like part of the Matrix system because there's a small percentage of people? Yeah, they always just, just yeah, said there will always be a Zion. Also, so, yeah, so, Zion. so then they came up with the one as a way of controlling Zion. So Zion kind of. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure if that's what. Well, they couldn't meant. remove the one. Zion they would is, always be a one. Yeah. Zion is always destroyed in each iteration of the Matrix. And then, and like the yeah. the one selects twelve people to go. Make a new society. Zion, so Zion is part of the Matrix in a way. I thought yeah. that was the sort of big. Yeah, it's part of the, of the system. Of the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And but, then, I, uh, but yeah, I don't know if that's what Niobe meant. I didn't give a shit about Io, frankly. I was just like, I don't. You've not given me the the previous Matrix films. The city, the city Io, the new one. <laughs> like the previous Matrix films didn't give you much reason reason to care about the real world, which was one of my criticisms of them. Like I thought that the. If I'm going to be talking about my theories for how I would have written the Matrix sequels, um, <laughs> is like okay, Patrick Willem. <laughs> so, um, so I've got my parents here. Ah, um, you know why? There's a coconut next to me. What's going on? I haven't watched any of his content in, in like two years. He's not a bad guy. Don't worry about it. You know he's all right. But um, one of the things I thought that they could have done was like I always felt it was interesting that for Neo, he is God in one world. And in the real world, he's just a guy, but everyone treats him like he's a god, but he knows that he's not. And I felt like that yeah. tension of like, I, I always, I almost wanted the, the the character journey I would have put Neo on him, where I in control of the, the sequel to the Matrix would have been like him losing his attachments to the real world apart from Trinity. She's the one thing that grounds him to it, make it much more emphatic that like he doesn't really believe that the real world is real because like in the matrix he has like additional senses he can see and perceive and be and exist in a way that is so far beyond what a human has it feels more real even though by definition he knows it's fake and that was a tension that they never really explored and like this is how i kind of felt about the real world in this movie that it just felt less interesting less believable and less meaningful here, okay. Here's At least Sion made me care. Like, while Revolutions is a bit of a dirge, like, the fact that it's a big war movie is all like, I never learned to fly the mech either. Mount was a kid? Well, kid. 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 Yeah, kid. you know, I was like, yeah, all right, that's fine. Good good stuff. You know, chugga, 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 chugga. Um, but I think this is the fundamental problem with this movie. Yes. Is in, in the trilogy, they really do try and make you care about Zion by having the kid and they have uh, an orgy link or i think it's link no or bash. which one bash is like wife link the the operator's wife oh yeah yeah, yeah. um Zion. it is link yeah, yeah. link's wife and wives plural or is it like wife wife singular wife there's, there's wife. a there's a wife and her sister who was the wife of yeah. dozer who That's died yeah, dozer. Yeah, exactly. so there's that there are characters and they have character arcs and all of good wachowski stuff have a lot of character in it and are about character and why this doesn't this film doesn't have any characters other than Neo and to a vague extent maybe Neil Patrick Harris maybe Neil Patrick <laughs> yeah exactly These, you thought like, I was going to say Trinity I did not <laughs> they have really well, vague, she's not in it very much no. they, they have no character arcs and well they have character arcs but not not, not really there's no character depth yeah. and Sensei's amazing because it has character depth yeah. Due to ascending is bad because Mira Kunis is just like doing. What do you mean I'm queen of space? <laughs> Please explain. And then Zippy. they do. And then they do it again. Zippy one-liners and a dog going, "I'm a dog." 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need I'm to also Channing Tatum. Cloud Atlas is just like big character. Well, also Cloud Atlas is, was the book first, which is yeah. like. Uh, but David Mitchell wrote a lot on. David Mitchell wrote Oh, is that David Mitchell? Yeah. No, it's a different David Mitchell. No, 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 I mean, no, the Cloud Atlas guy. That David Mitchell. Yeah. David Mitchell, who wrote Cloud Atlas, wrote, wrote this. Wrote this. Oh, oh, now, now, and, now. And, and wrote I the, see what you're doing, David. And wrote the series. <laughs> Can I just say, I love the echo that just came around. Oh, <laughs> mate, <laughs> fucking David ass Mitchell. Wrote the finale of Sensei 2 with Lana. Does. Yeah, I know, you have feelings. I mean, like, uh, you And know. also, you know, Speed Racer, although they're very one-dimensional characters, they have, they are very strong <laughs> characters. Uh, in, their, no. in their one-dimensionality, no. yes. You can't, yes. you can't say, oh, the, these, these characters weak have characters are strong in their but, weakness. But no, they, they have so much depth <laughs> on one plane. <laughs> <laughs> Look how long this line is, it just keeps going. But then, I, I think it, I think Speed Racer works. I, I wanted to bring that up because I knew it. <laughs> I think it's the worst film they've ever done. I re- no, I'm really Jupiter glad Ascending. it exists. No, Jupiter Ascending is better than Speed Racer. Objectively no. a better and more fun no, film. Speed Racer is a much better than <laughs> Jupiter Ascending. We have watched both of those films, one of them together. I, yes. I had a great time watching Jupiter yeah, Ascending. Yeah, because we we took drugs and, uh, and you drank two bottles of wine. Of course you had was more it two, fun. Was it two bottles of wine? <laughs> yes, it was. Fucking hell. Well, a bottle each. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the biggest criticism of Jupiter Ascending, as we said on the cast, is that one fight scene where Channing Tatum on his space skates <laughs> fights, fights a spaceship is too long. It's literally like 15 minutes. Like EJ was like, I need to pee. Do you think I should wait until this scene's over? And I was like, just go. It will still be going when you go. I was like, make yourself a sandwich. Like, it'll be fine. They went, they peed, they got a drink, they came back and they're like, oh my God, it's still going. <laughs> it just doesn't stop. It just goes. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. But I think my biggest criticism of The Matrix Resurrections, that's what it's called, um, at, least, at least the biggest criticism I had whilst I was watching it was right from the very beginning, I was like, you're giving me a lot of information and this is not how I think that information is best structured. Like even just from that very first scene where Bugs and Morpheus have this big conversation in this room, first of all, they're mumbling a lot, so I didn't really feel I was following. But also like, this is right at the beginning. Yeah, it's too much. You're telling me a lot of stuff when really you should be telling me enough to intrigue me and then, and then like wait until we have appropriate space to load me with all these ideas. Nah. And and I sort of felt that the whole the whole way through the like, first, the like opening was, is rough. Yeah, like it's genuine. I think the opening scene up until we get to like Neo and his depression montage, like that in genuine is fucking rough. I was like, this is rough going because it's making me think of the Matrix One and how much better it is as an opening than this mm. film. You're throwing, as you say, so many fucking concepts at me. Mm. Like Jesus Christ, they're like, wait, you're Morpheus, but also you're Smith, but also you're a program, but we can get programs out now. Also, we can all do that thing with the keys that like was a huge thing in the previous one, but we just, did, but then we never do it again. But then everyone could do it. It's like what the, fu-? and I was just like, and for some reason the doors are not sideways un- sometimes. But why? Guys, it, it, it was cool, but why? It was cool, but why? And then he's like, he takes the pill and he's like, he's on drugs, but also he's a program. And she's like, get to a mirror. And he's like, what? He's like, but we don't need to use phones. Oh wait, wrong mirror. Don't use that mirror. What I didn't get is like, she was like, oh, we can't leave Neo's apartment, which is very different from Neo's apartment from the first he did film. Look quite different. I was like, he didn't live in a nice place like this. He lived he in a fucking really shithole. Grungy and like the hangar was there. Yeah. 
I, like, I was too many likes were on. And before I went in here, I was thinking a big part of the film was going to be how dangerous it was going to be to go into the Matrix because of the lack of landlines. That's what I thought part of it would be about. And your nearest line is seven miles away, and you're like, shit, it's a grandma's house. <laughs> Whoever still plays still pays their fucking service provider for a landline is like part of the revolution. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, I need to check how long we've been going because oh, I feel like we've God. been talking a while. Um, let's just it's check. An hour? Wow, an entire hour. Fucking hell. Okay. Um, we talked a lot. We talked about the whole Matrix quadrilogy, we which did. has been due on this podcast. And Speed Racer, the, and Jupiter Ascending, of... and Bound, and Sense8. Yeah. We've wachowski would up. But particularly the Matrix has mm. been due since episode three okay i don't want to go to final thoughts just yet i just want to say does anyone else have any key bits that they want to talk about i want to, I want to get your your um, views and ads do you think because of like this has not done well has like, it not no at okay. time of recording it's only made about 60 odd million oh dear worldwide uh-oh in the same amount of time um that you know spider-man Spider has made, made a, a billion, billion dollars, dollars of course know. it has <laughs> um you know, do you think now um, that the Wachowski's and that, I don't know, is Lily still doing filmmaking? No. no she no. she walked after season one of Sensei. Okay. And then never did anything she's, else. She's, yeah, she's yeah. not. She's okay, so, uh, I think now. Okay, oh, so like, so even just Lana Wachowski now, do you think anyone would ever give them big budget now to do another big budget I think, film? Yeah. Probably, well, Jupiter Ascending's been a dud. Sensei. What, what did Jupiter Ascending made money though? I think didn't it? No, that that bombed. Did it bomb? bomb? I thought it did. It limped over the line. Yeah, but it still didn't really make much of a profit. That's the thing. But so, it still made a profit. That's the key thing. It's not like I think that I think the thing is is that like the the, the movie market is different now. That everyone wants to have like you know Marvel money because mm. it's been proven that if you have the right mix of stuff, you can reliably spend 200, 250 million, mm. maybe three hundred million dollars, and get a billion dollars back. Mm. Like that's the that's the logic upon which a lot of this stuff is predicated now. Yeah. And like, I think that that's not necessarily a fair comparison for filmmakers like the Wachowskis because yeah. mm. let's be honest, outside of the Matrix trilogy. The Wachowskis have never been that big, and no. even the Matrix never made that level of money. Yeah, but also, and also, I think it is important to factor that I think that um, people just really like working with the Wachowskis. They've got nothing like, but good reviews, like, well, especially because you just look at all the actors who have come back, mm. and, and even for, even after doing projects that bombed, they still oh, yeah. come back. And I think it's just because, well, it must they just must be pleasant to work with. And I think I think like okay, they're never they're never gonna get Marvel money, but they're probably gonna keep making movies. Well, who apart who from was maybe. Christina Ricci in this film? Because I was thinking, oh, oh she Ricci was, was in Speed. She had one line. What? Well, who yeah, that was, was she? That was, oh, she was like uh, I, I think the beginning of the montage from Warner Brothers. Wait, what? Say, say that again. I think she's like an executive from Warner oh, Brothers. She's yes. right. She's, she's that thing. Uh, Let's make the Matrix fall. She's uh, literally that. That's oh, it. Oh, that was Christina Ricci. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I, I was, I was bombarded by a lot of other sense eight. <laughs> who was? Who was? Um, what's it? Lexi. I knew that actor she, from something. She looks really familiar. The one who was like, you know, I wanted to be Trinity a bit, Neo. Yeah. Looking in through his fucking door. Uh, looking through his door. She had like she, the tattoos here. She yeah. had like the sort of side cut. Like the, she like, almost died in a Land Rover. Oh, yeah. She was uh, uh, in Sensei, 
Lita and Hernandez third. That's who it was! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew I, I was like, I know you're in Sensei, but I was thinking of all the eight members of the cluster, and I was like, it's not any of them! I don't think um, uh, Wolfgang's missus was in it, and Wolfgang. Raj's missus. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. And I also. Think she was sort of, and no, I don't no, think no. Jamie Clayton was in it either. No. But I think that's because her and Keanu dated at one point. Oh, really? No, I feel like the Wachowskis, I think, well, I think this comes back to the fact that, like, I don't, I don't think they'll get, like, you know, the big budget stuff, no. but also I don't think Lana Wachowski cares. No, this movie feels like Lana well, Wachowski did not want to make it, but was dragged yeah. to do it. But well, then maybe in promise of, like, money for a film, but yeah. she probably won't get it now. I, I hope that this drives her, because not since Bound has she made a tightly plotted as tightly plotted that, as Bound. That's kind of like, what I think Like, she's made now. some great films and really wonderful characters in a lot of projects, but I think Bound is so tight and it'd be so good to see her go back and write a really taut little script and make a really indie film. But obviously that's less money for her mm. to go. I bet she got paid. I bet 150 million was getting Trinity, Keanu. Yeah, Keanu Reeves is like really big and, right now. Carrie Ann Moss, just and to Lana. say her name. Yeah, Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, yeah, I think like now on and that, I think Lana Wachowski will probably make more passion projects now. I, which I would I love that for her. Except for this, I think all of her films are always passion passion projects. No one was Wait, asking for her to make Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> Warner Brothers sort of always sort of brung her in to sort of, you know, come make this and you'll make us a ton of money in that. And I feel like maybe now she probably wouldn't work with Warner Brothers so much. Maybe she'd work with smaller distributors or production companies. That. I would I would personally love to see Lana Wachowski go more indie. Like, I mean, yeah. I'd love to see any good filmmaker. Well, I mean, this is the thing. I still don't know which side of the coin I fall on. Are like, And as I say, infinite goodwill for Lana Wachowski. I don't know if I'd call her, like, a great filmmaker. I think she's an interesting filmmaker. But, like, I want to see her, like, you know, in the same way, like you said, like, something where she doesn't have, like, hundreds of millions of dollars to, like, throw around on, like, whatever. It's, like you have to make the story and the plot beats really sing to I make it work. I do want her to have loads of money. Oh, yeah, yeah, just, sure. Just generally, I want her to be, yeah. yeah. Be, be but if, if she could do that <laughs> from maybe making it or making a film on a smaller budget. Yes, yeah. no, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I would so love... she doesn't there's run there's that risk by, of I, I'm trying to remember, I think it's Nicholas Winding Refn or... Oh, no, who was it who did... Um, uh, Chappie and District. Uh, oh, uh, oh, Emil Blonsky. Yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, I, I think it's one of those. But I remember a quote saying that like that they wouldn't like because they had been approached by various big studios to make a Star Wars or a Marvel or something like that, and they're saying they wouldn't do that because when people put up when you know, executives put up a lot of money in a film project, they're much more concerned that they mm. get a return on their investment. Yeah, and he, and he said, no, I, I'm going to keep doing small budget indie stuff because that gives me greater yeah. creative control. Is something is he still signed on to do another Alien film? I don't. Did know. he do Does Red? He, wait, no, wait, no, wait, no, wait, no, wait, wait, I could get the new one. Covenant. Damn it! No, Ridley. No, that was Ridley, Ridley that Scott was Ridley. still. No, but it was the thing, around that same time, there was um, a report going around that he'd been signed on to do a yeah, fifth he, alien he film. Yeah, he had made a lot of, was lots of concept art for it. Yeah. Bear, so bear in mind, like, I don't remember who but that said that like, and just qu- attributed it to two yeah, I don't think that was like five years ago now. So no, I think it was Emil Blonsky. Really, I think I remember reading that. Yeah, saying, oh, I, I hope Bellana get, gets to make small films. Mm. Those mid-budget films are kind of dead these days. Yeah, no, it's mm. not a thing. Yeah. It's not a thing. It doesn't mm. exist. I don't know what... Like, thinking of Last Night in Soho, 
which is Edgar Wright's most recent. Which film. I've still not seen. Yeah. I hear it's I, it's alright. It's, it's mm, nah. it does it's some a, things well, but over, oh, overall no. no. Okay. The reason I bring well, I mean that's my feelings that, on Edgar Wright generally. Yeah, I'm like, like, does a lot of things right, but overall no. That's forty million, which is like slightly Peanuts. above a mid-budget. Yeah. Or a commonly thought of mid-budget film, but now those films are forty million. It's like. Right. Oh, so like the like, like the the, the tide has lifted to the point the tide where like has lifted where it's like a weird in between of like not quite or you have to have like a microphone. Well Shay, do you remember what was the our thing of like what was the budget for brick? So small like it was like million, three three million, three million quid. Oh, so three three, mi- yeah. three million dollars brick is. Mm. And it's so we'll go back good. over the podcast for it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we, we literally then. like EJ got it off and we had to guess. But you it was have like a treasurer, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you should know the money. But it's busy the past year and a half. I think I think in the same way, I mean one of the things that Jim said when we were on the way over is that like we weren't really worried about whether we liked or disliked this film. Yeah. It's like this was a I mean, but then again, it's sort of, I, I feel a bit conflicted because at the same time, I'm like, I think I trusted Lana Wachowski more than I should have, which I'm a fool for doing. Um, she's tricksy. Um, but like, I, I, I was glad that the, we were getting a Matrix 4 made by Lana Wachowski because I know that she's the kind of filmmaker that's difficult to make, you know, the set, the entirely safe Marvel formula thing that I find so objectionable. But then I feel like this was the closest approximation to that that I could conceive of. As I said, this felt safe. And the thing about a Wachowski joint previous to this is that they've never felt safe. Like I hate Speed Racer. It's a bad film, but it's fucking it's incorrect. But it, but it's but it's but but it's fucking nuts. Like you know the decision making of how that film was made. I'm like. They just got people to go, yeah, sure, why not? And you're like, what? You know, same thing with Jupiter Ascending. It's batshit insane, and they should never have been given the money to make that film, but they did, and it's engaging and fun. I, I don't know if Lana even will make more films, because they shut down their offices after Sensei was cancelled. Right. And I don't think... Well, they'd they made the best, they made one of the best I'm TV sure, series of a generation, yeah, I'm so... Sure Lana just worked in a Warner Brothers office for this film. Mm. And you know maybe she was gonna just quit filmmaking if she was if they gave up their offices yeah like, because making projects for them is hard and maybe this just like oh, this is the big retirement cash. I mean I hope I hope they got fucking paid. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna bring us to final thoughts because by, by the way can I just say good cast fellas like I'm <laughs> pleased with this one we we we've, we've covered a lot not of ground. Destroyed by wind. Nah, we <laughs> just every so often it'll be like oh I really think I'm. <laughs> Oh, that's a really good one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I really liked listening to one of the recent casts, and the fire alarm went off in some some place, and I was like, ah, oh, we still have our same stuff. I did listen to what was it? I listened to um, the Thor Ragnarok cast, which we were a lot more negative about Thor Ragnarok than I remembered. Yeah, I'm, I listened to that one recently. Where all of us were like, wow, this was a bit shit. Like we had a big conversation about Taika Waititi just not being that good, and I was just like. You know, I was like, ah, what a what a refreshing discourse to hear. You should listen to our other episodes. Um, but final Keep thoughts. Keep listening to Mama Mia. Here we go again. No, stop it. <laughs> it's literally it's it's a full fifty percent higher than its next nearest competitor Isn't in it terms of views. Uh, no, it's uh, Owls of Gar- Ga- Ga- <laughs> No, Pirates? sorry, Pirate, Pirates of the Caribbean one is our. F- second most successful episode and right behind that is the Owls of Garhul. <laughs> Hi listener, I don't know what you like. <laughs> Why are you watch listening to these things? I who knows, but Jim, 
Could I ask you for your final? Release the owl cuts. Can Can I ask you for your final thoughts on the Matrix Resurrections by Lana Wachowski? Yeah, I think I. There was a thing that you said earlier in the podcast that was like, "That's my final thought." Oh. And that it was, cool, but why? Ah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Shay, um, your final thoughts, please. I just had one. Let's say, um, ah, oh, they didn't resurrect this franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, here's the me. thing. I'm I, glad that the post-credit sequence was a fucking joke because I'm like, don't make it. Don't I mean, make any more. That's why I wanted you guys to watch the post-credit sequence. <laughs> Wait, you do? Yes, I'm, if I work at cinema. If of course learn, I know. You should have told us it's not worth it. Walk no, out. I mean, no, I'm no, glad, I'm glad, we, said, I'm glad was, we had this. All you said was, is there a post-credit scene? Didn't say if it was worth the post-credit scene. God damn it. It's like when we watched The Green Knight and someone was like, you got to save for the post-credit sequence. This one was more. This one was worth was worth more than, than the, that, the Green Knight yeah. one. Green Knight yeah. was just like, fuck off. Yeah. Sean, your final thoughts, please. I mean, it's like, going into this, it was something of, my expectations were low because I didn't really have any. Yeah. And I still ended up a bit disappointed because I feel like in the end, I didn't really get anything. Well, there's so it. much it's promise to like the concept yeah. of the Matrix and, the Wacha- and Lana Wachowski as a m- filmmaker. It's like, you, you're trying not to have expectations, but you're like, yeah. But you could do a good job. Yeah, that was the whole thing of like, I could maybe expect something better if you dig more in between the lines and that, you can maybe find a better, maybe a story. Maybe. In a, <laughs> maybe. Find, but, I like it find a better A story. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, there could have been something there and that, you know, I try to stay optimistic with films nowadays. Yeah. You know, because uh, filmmaking's hard nowadays. It is hard. Um, but yeah, I was. Even though low expectations, maybe wanted a bit more, but just ultimately ended ended up disappointed. And for my final thoughts, I've thought of what it is. Hitherto, as I said on this very show, I have always said that the Wachowskis, while I don't always like them, they are never boring. I think this is the first genuinely quite boring Wachowski film, and that's the biggest fucking criticism I can make of it. It's just not very interesting. And for a Matrix film, that's the critical problem. I feel like, much like Neo, Lana's gone off the path and doesn't know myself yet. <laughs> we need to get Lana Wachowski in a Kung Fu I studio and just I have a fist give fight. Her a big Latin sign that says, a wooden Latin sign that says, know thyself. <laughs> yeah. So, while it was a long cast, I, I think we're done here, and I sincerely hope that Warner Brothers and the Wachowskis are also done with this franchise. We don't need any more. Please leave it alone. Thanks for listening. I'm sorry the upload schedule has been so busy recently. Please listen to all the content. Bye!